Good to see everybody this morning. Won't you stand up with me again? I'm not going to let you sit down that quick on me. Uh, I'm looking for another couple. Mark and Tracy, are you in this service? I can't see you. All right. Listen, I want to welcome two amazing couples here at church today. Number one, Mark and Tracy Ware. doesn't look like they're here, but they might be honeymooning again. They got married two weeks ago. All right, Mr. and Mrs. Ware. And now, just last weekend, we got Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Johnson right here to the right. Come on, give it up for them. Big day, big day. Uh, they have, their world has changed forever. All the married couples say amen. Uh, just uh, excited to be spending the morning with you. And uh, I think I said this last week, this series is actually probably one of the most nervous your pastor's ever been in his heart series to kind of bring out to you. But uh, we were talking just a couple months ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that, and uh, just about you. We talk about you a lot. We talk about you morning when we wake up. 4.30 this morning, I got a text from somebody that just tell and let me give you a hint on answering text. If you answer a text at 4.30 in the morning, you just told that person they can talk to you at 4.30 in the morning. (laughs) Uh, But uh, just uh, your influence that you have done, Pastor Tiffany mentioned about uh, Fishers of Men. You handed out this past week a laminated card for them, a prayer they could pray every day uh, on Psalm 91. And that individual was texting me at 4.30, thanking us again for that card to start their day with. So I appreciate that, what you're doing there. And, uh, but again, we were talking a couple months ago really about, like I said, you and what was going on in the nation and what was going on around the world and, and the opportunity for compromise with culture and how culture can give you an opportunity to make choices and decisions to compromise your very Christianity and how you walk and how you live. And, um, you know, we said that the, the balance to any time you see culture begin to change as fast as it's changing right now for the Christian, okay? I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for the Christian. has to be truth and grace. In other words, you have to go to the truth, the Word of God, the Scriptures, to get how you're going to build and live and, and make those choices when you get opportunity to compromise. But if we're not careful, we'll do just like they did when uh, Paul began to bring the full message of the goodness of God and Jesus. You can look at it. He began to talk to all the different churches. When he spoke to the church at Corinth, when he spoke to uh, the church at Ephesus, when he spoke to the church at Colossae, and he brought out this new doctrine in a sense that they were used, not used to. They were used to upholding law and upholding it in such a way that It was really their only security that God loved them and was going to stand behind them and have their back. And and so all of a sudden, this new mystery, this new message comes thrusting out and and Paul's the kind of the forefront of all of that and begins to talk to them about how you can be free in God and don't, don't, you can make, live this life and you don't have to be in the bondage in that, that anymore. And what's so beautiful about Paul and is how he presents all those things is, especially in those books I just shared with you. Uh, I'll tell you, man, some really powerful books to go read for yourself. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, read that whole chapter, but then read the chapter after, okay? Uh, The book of uh, Ephesians, read that whole book. That's you and I today. That's the church for you and I today, all right? Colossae, same thing. Go to chapter 3. I'm just kind of helping you because we live in a world that causes us to make decisions daily that really can determine a life of another individual. And I'm going to embrace that with you today. 
All right, last week we spent a whole service talking about us and talking about how we can let something go and kind of threw ourselves a mulligan. If you're a golfer, you know what I mean. You've got that second chance to do it right and to, to, to you know, just kind of let the mistakes that you've made go. Everyone in this room, you're faced with decisions all day long. A lot of little decisions determine what the rest of your day is going to be. But sometimes we're focused so much on all those little decisions that by the end of the day, there's only maybe three or four that are really big dogs that needed to have been made. And I want to end this series, Pastor Tiffany and I, and we see the nature of even Coastal Family Church. I watch you. I watch what you're facing. I watch you physically, what you face there. People have been really challenged there in some things. I watch your lifestyle. And this is what I, can I say it this way? It's what I get paid to do, is to watch you. Not to come dictate you, not to come control you. I don't want to. It's enough to dictate and control my own life. But to help you on a journey that God's called you to be on. So that you can be fulfilled at the end of the day. At the end of your life. And I embraced you last week by reminding you. And I'm going to keep you standing for just a few minutes. By reminding you how much. And I want to say it again. My life has been completely changed by you. How fulfilled I am by just you seeing your faces every Sunday. And watching you every single week. Why am, I, why am I so fulfilled by that? Because it's my purpose. My purpose is bigger than me. My purpose has been come to this place where I've been able to embrace thinking beyond myself. And, and, and sometimes I can kind of get consumed with me. But every time I start to get consumed with me, guess what? The Spirit of God is so good at bringing you. And the moment I see you, whoo, I start to get fulfilled again. And let me just tell you, man, you guys got a bunch of junk going on. You guys got stuff. If I got it, I know you do. From things like walking in the flesh, to deciding how you're going to pay your bills, paycheck to paycheck, to how you're going to treat your wife, and how you're going to treat your husband, and should I, you know, because I don't like this one, should I put this one aside and go get another one? It's amazing how easy that's happening today. How easy covenant and commitment is not an issue of life as much as it used to be. It's amazing how much a handshake means nothing anymore, much less a piece of paper that says you're married for life until Jesus comes. It's just a piece of paper now. And so as we move beyond last week, okay, as we move beyond self, and we come to this place where we start to make a bigger decision, this is what this is called. Everybody say decide. As we move to asking decisions or asking ourselves questions and we move towards making decisions together for just four weeks, what kind of decisions should we be making? The biggest one I told you was last week. You've got to get past you and start to where you're free, but now we need to really make some more important decisions. I'm going to say something that's going to catch you off guard because we are very focused on making sure you know that God loves you and he's thinking about you. Guess what? He's not thinking about you as much as you think he is. Because he's thinking about a bigger purpose. And that is every person that is dying and going to hell. Because they don't know Jesus. And he thought about you when you were born and created you and formed you and made everything unique about you and put you into this earth and the time you're living in right now for one purpose, and that's his greatest purpose, and that is to save people. 
You can't save them in the sense of being their salvation, but you can be the one that's the example to keep them from stumbling or falling or pull them back up and lead them in. But you cannot do that if all your decisions are based and surrounded by you. And so these are tougher things we have to ask ourselves. And let me ask you this question. <laughs> you like standing a lot in church? What, if, what would happen if you stand the whole service? <laughs> I did a, was part of a wedding one time, the pastor... The whole service forgot to tell the people to sit down. They had to stand up the whole wedding. <laughs> I won't do that to you. Let me ask you this, Jeff. If we prayed today, if every prayer we ever prayed today, would it change me or would it change us? If it's just changing you, it's not worth praying anymore. Because you need to grow up and be bigger than that. My prayers need to go beyond me and start praying how I can change us. That might mean you start with you as an individual and live differently. Maybe you have some different standards amongst yourself. But I don't know about you, but I've learned a long time ago, if I'm not willing to ask those tougher questions, I'm not going anywhere. And we're just not going to do that for you here at Coastal Family Church because our biggest goal and call is to get you fulfilled in your purpose. But if I leave you at your individual purpose, I failed you. Because you won't be fulfilled there completely. If anything, you'll get consumed with the world and the culture and the compromise and the things that are there. Because you're just like the church at Colossae. You're just like the church at Corinth. It was a church full of fleshy sin and all kinds of junk. You'll be just like the church at Ephesus. You'll be just like the church at the church of Galatia. And Paul was very good at weaving in truth with grace, but the twofold side of grace, so that you're not only graced in and empowered to do, you're graced to give that same grace out. Phew. Let's pray. Father, you're so good. We love you so much. We honor you. We embrace every moment of the truth that you have in store for us this morning. We pray that hearts are softened to hear, and we pray that minds will be renewed to maybe your thoughts, not mine, but your thoughts for themselves and as individuals and even as a church. And so we ask you for the very things that make the biggest difference in our lives. That's your spirit of wisdom, your spirit of knowledge, your revelation knowledge, and that the Holy Spirit will come alongside and give understanding to it so that when we leave today, we've been enjoyed or, or just encompassed by the very presence of you yourself. And can I say again, thank you for waiting for us to get here. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you a question before you sit down. How many in this room, by show of hands, somebody made a difference in your life for your salvation today? Every one of you. It's time to take that to another level, and you make a difference in somebody else's life. You can sit down, glory to God. Let's jump into the Word this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go ahead and go with me to our text for the whole series. And uh, that'll be in <clears throat> Romans chapter 14, 12 through 13. Carson, I skipped the whole introduction. Everybody say, thank God. <laughs> uh, I want to go into this place today that I think will give us a chance to maybe expose some things. Um, don't you hate when you get in church and 
you feel like the pastor's just reading your mail and exposing everything that happened last night and the day before and the whole year but in the past. That might be one of those days today. But uh, I promise you, I don't know a thing about you in a sense of what you did last night. I'm just glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're sitting next to the person you are because they're a divine appointment. This whole message is about them sitting next to you, not you. <laughs> All right, missed you on that one. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. It says here, yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Wow, that's a big statement. I think if I look at that and I look at what it sounds like and it says that each of us will give a personal account to God and if we really understood the magnitude of what that means, maybe we would question some of the thoughts or decisions that we have every day. And because listen to me, he, he knows every thought, <laughs> he knows every imagination, every vision that you have, every word that comes out of your mouth, none of that catches him off guard. And I often wonder, it would be pretty cool if I could just, like one of them cartoon bubbles and have a bubble popping up on all of your heads right now and I could see what you're all thinking and saying. <laughs> We'd all be scared. I don't, like, I don't know what when we saw that. But, but no, that bubble on top of your head, it does, God knows it. He doesn't catch, it doesn't catch him off guard, and nor does it keep him from loving you and wanting to do what's best for you. If anything, he wants to help you through all of those choices and decisions. But really, what's going to happen tomorrow, tomorrow will be based upon a lot of the right choices and decisions that you make today. And when I look at this next statement, I think we're going to begin to find the answer in this by the end of this series. And it says here, so let's stop condemning each other. Look at somebody and say, man, I love you. And decide. <laughs> decide instead to live. Everybody say live. Live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble or to fall. So that tells me that a believer, and we're just talking about Christians now working together, people that we love dearly and that are just like us side to side, that that responsibility of their walk, stumble and fall, is actually some of that's on my shoulders. And I would like to say beyond that, according to the scripture, I believe it lines up with this, that how will they know if we're Christians and it'll be our love one for another. So we actually have some of the responsibility of even winning people into the kingdom of God. So I believe that how we treat each other and causing us to stumble or fall might be the very thing that's causing someone to never come in. And that means because they are not seeing how we're acting. Because maybe we're acting just like them. Maybe there's no difference. Maybe there's no change. Maybe there's no actual look to us that's different. And when I say look, I'm not talking about physical. I don't care what you look like. That doesn't mean nothing. You can have tattoos all over your whole head. I saw one the other day. Some girl got her eyes actually, uh, they're actually blue. They're not contacts. She had something injected into her eyes. I'm like, come on. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Hey, God still loves her, I guess. It's not about that. But my point is, we've got to begin to ask a question to ourselves. And when you ask questions like that about lifestyle, there's some exposing that starts to come out. And so when I think about that, I made some of these statements that I want to read to you again. That uh, I said, what am I doing that affects other people? And I'm going to add this little word to it today. Ask this question to yourself. What am I doing that affects people in a negative way. Hmm? We all want to know what we're doing in a positive way. That makes us feel good. That makes us feel better. But am I doing some things in a negative way that could affect people in a negative way? That could be the very thing that's causing them to stumble or to fall. I don't know. You've got to answer that yourself. 
But I believe I found in this one scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, if you want to go there real quick, I believe I've kind of found a, a way to help us begin to answer that question and make that choice because, listen, people matter. People have to be the deciding factor to na- now. If I go by my text, I'm basing all my choices and decisions deciding based upon somebody else. How does this affect that person? Now, we could stay back on Sunday of last week and stay feeling good and make it all about us, but you've got to transition from that. You've got to start coming from baby stage, and actually, I'm going to kind of get you up on your knees today and get you walking a little farther to where, actually, next week, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll run a little bit farther in some of this. But to walk, I've got to grow. I've got to get beyond just baby legs. I've got to come to this place where I can get my feet up underneath of me. And to get my feet up underneath of me, I believe that this scripture will help us do that. Listen to what it says. And I'm in a new living for the rest of the service. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything with love. So here's what that says. Be on guard. Be on guard against what? What's happening in culture. And he says, stand firm in the faith because culture might challenge you to question your faith and your belief. And then he says, if you're strong and you're courageous and you know your belief, he says that be courageous. Be, don't be afraid to stand up for who you are and what you believe. And then it's in that same scripture, it says be strong. In other words, there might be some resistance that will push up against you in some of the walk of Christianity that you have. And then he says, but listen, here's what will help you begin to do that. Again, based upon our text, which says what will cause people to stumble or fall, he says do everything with love. And so I'm going to kind of put it all in this one statement. I think this will help us. Stand firm and love well. Look at somebody say, stand firm and love well. So if my decisions are going to affect somebody, my actions, my lifestyle, my thoughts. You know people can read your thoughts when you're not saying anything? I'm reading your thoughts right now. By the way, some of you are looking at me. They say a lot. And here, according to this scripture, uh, we look at this, I want to share you that when I stand firm, I'm going to need to know what I stand firm on. I'm not going to talk to you about doctrine today. I'm not going to talk to you about that Jesus is the only way into the kingdom of God and confess him as your Lord and Savior. That's it. I'm not going to talk to you about that faith is what you believe. Faith is comes, it's what you're persuaded in. It's what you stand on. It's what you're confident in. But faith works by what you believe and you confess and what you're confessing about yourself. I could spend hours and hours and weeks on all of those things. But I believe the true gospel is found in this statement right here. Stand firm and love well. Not live well, love well. Because if you love well, you will live well. If your purpose is beyond yourself and based upon the God's big purpose, which is people. People matter to God. <clears throat> I don't think, <laughs> I thought this was funny. I don't think we necessarily are really moved by life and death choices that we live in today. Like, like maybe some of the other world. I believe our choices kind of get a little bit on the lower end of the spectrum, kind of like what you're doing in a restaurant, maybe praying over your food in a restaurant, and you're just kind of embarrassed about that. So your prayer over your food in a restaurant is, Father, we thank you for this food. And then there's that crazy guy that wants to hold your hand when you're praying, and you're not real, you're like, come on, no, I can do this on my own. Don't hold my hand when I'm praying. 
I don't know where your hand's been. <laughs> he might have come after the bathroom and didn't use the sink and the towels that were there. It's amazing what we are allowing to decide whether I'm going to represent. I put some of these things down. So many times we're blinded by our own needs, our own insecurities, our own desires, our relationships, the community soap opera that's going on, who's sleeping with who, who's not sleeping with who, who's doing what, the phrase, have you heard this one before, did you hear, did you hear, did you hear the gospel, not sure, it says life itself, <laughs> I think we're moved by really uh, what I call, uh, and I, this is not an original, I just I heard it yesterday in a long, long time ago series, but I really think that we are moved by a lot of spiritual nearsightedness. In other words, it's interesting that if, uh, how many in here wear glasses to read? Let me see, put them on if you got them, put them on. How many have them with you? Actually, put them on your face right now. Oh, my world's changed forever. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that when you talk about spiritual nearsightedness, that it's really, hey, I, what are you, I'm nearsighted. Really, it's talking about, I just can't see things far, as, far away. And I'm wondering if the fact that we've got these glasses, and of course, when you put this on, it brings your whole world to you. You can see everything. I'm just wondering if we're actually putting them on. I'm wondering if we're actually just acknowledging that God wants to show me some more things and teach me some more things, but because I've got all these other things going on that I've never really put the glasses on my nose, I've never got them up there, so I'm really limited. You know, it's funny how we let things that are so menial bother us when it comes to representing the things of God. And, and I can give you a personal experience that we had about a month ago with Pastor Reggie Scarborough. When he was here, he ministered to us for you know, a weekend there. And uh, we were at a local restaurant right across the street here. And the waitress brought out a glass. And on the glass, it had Bud Light on it. And make it clear, he had a sweet tea. <clears throat> but he brought out a glass with Bud Light on it. Now, it doesn't bother me. It, really, it, does, it doesn't bother me. I, but now I guess it does, because now I'm going to wonder. I'm going to, hey, don't give me that glass. But... It, it, to him, it bothered him. He, he asked her, he says, hey, ma'am, can I get another glass? And that's how he said it. <laughs> she didn't take that glass. She came out with a second glass of tea with another beer listed on that <laughs> glass. She didn't get it. <laughs> so he ended up giving her both of them back. And, and, uh, but he was aware of what people could see and what people could think in the place that he's in. And, and I'm wondering if we're, if we're even that cautious, that simple, to go that deep. To, I don't want to do anything that causes somebody to stumble or to fall. I'll tell you another experience we had with him, too, because this one messed us up pretty good. But my father-in-law and mother-in-law were with us, and we get up from the table, and all of a sudden, Pastor Reggie starts praying over my father-in-law in the middle of the restaurant. We're standing up at the table, and I don't mean praying. He starts praying in tongues out loud. I couldn't find my wife at that point. She was gone. But why did that bother me? If I believe in it, if I stand strong in it, I know what the benefit of it is. My reason for letting it bother me was what other people were thinking. 
And I get it, because I, I, we're a pastor in this community, and, and we are a tongue-talking church. We believe in it wholeheartedly, and, and we know the benefits of it. And, but I don't want to turn someone away from the kingdom of God based upon them thinking that I'm weird. And, and the Bible says that tongues will be a sign for the unbeliever. But I questioned it. It bothered me. Why does it bother us? I think it's because we've lost sight of what the biggest thing that, that God's got in charge here, and that's the things of the, in the, of the kingdom of God. <laughs> so, I've got to transition from all of that. I've got ten minutes. I believe that the best book for us to go into that will help us answer some questions, that will expose maybe some things going on in our own individual lives, all right? This is that place where you start to go as a pastor where you don't really want, people don't really want you to talk about this out in church. They want you to do what I've done in the past and say, hey, just look, read these chapters in this book. Go decide it for yourself. You'll be able to see it. You'll know exactly what it is and make your decisions on how you live that. Well, I've done that enough now. You're not changing. You're still doing some of these things. And the scripture is very clear that these things will cost you. These things will hurt you if it wasn't there. Now, I love what Paul does in the book of Ephesians. I wrote this down. If you want to go there with me to chapter 5, we'll go there in a minute. But I want you to see something. You see, God has, I mean, not God, but Paul has a unique way of enveloping life change and life direction and doing things differently. He has a great way of enveloping it in his writings through grace and freedom and dealing with the issue and sandwiching you with the grace of God. But if we're not careful, we'll use the grace of God to not make any change in the middle and we'll just love the, the, the cake and the candy and never go to the place where we go right straight to the dessert and never look at to the meat that's most important for us because that's where the real sustenance comes from. And when I look at the meat of the word, it's very clear on some things, but here's what he starts with. Chapter 1 says, God's chosen. You look at somebody and say, God chose you. Chapter 2, he says, God saved you. Look at somebody, God saved you. Chapter 3 says, you're part of the body of Christ. Come on, say, I'm part of this big picture. And chapter 4, he says, starts to talk about lifestyle and how you live. We're going to skip that one. All right? Chapter 5, he starts to talk about marriage. He talks about the covenant of marriage and the man's role and the wife's role and how beneficial it is for each to fulfill their role. And, and the biggest role falls within the shoulder of the, of the father and of the parent and, and of the dad and of the husband. We'll talk about all of that next week. And then he comes into chapter 6 and he talks about the spiritual authority that you have as a believer, how to stand strong and to stand firm in the world that you're living in. But I want to hone in on to chapter 5. I want you to go there with me this morning, and I want you to look at some things here real quickly. I want to make some final choices and decisions. What if I'm sitting there at the table, and I'm drinking that beer that doesn't bother me, and I love it, and there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't determine whether I go to heaven or hell. How do I decide? And I know that some of you might be calloused enough that it doesn't, you don't even, this question never crosses your mind, which is scary. It should cross your mind. Will that Bud Light glass affect the person sitting to the right or to the left of me? I'm cautious getting a glass that's got uh, carbonated water with a lemon in it because I think they're thinking I'm having a vodka on the rocks. <laughs> are we making choices and decisions that affect other people or are we just enjoying life because, hey, it doesn't bother me? If you're going to decide 
to go to a bigger purpose. You know what's cool? God doesn't expect you to do any of this. He's giving you the choice to decide which you're going to go, what path you're going to take. And so when I look at this in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, start with verse 1. I love it. It says, imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. So stand firm and live a life of love. And then he begins to explain to us right underneath of this what this kind of looks like. Let there be no sexual immorality or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Now you can define sexual immorality for yourself. Go to Corinthians, it'll help you. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. I can hear you right now. You say, man, this ain't no fun at all. (laughs) You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 6 is very powerful to me. It says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. The anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Now listen, the anger came when he judged it in the name of Jesus. Sin's been judged. But sin still has a result. It's called death. Death becomes the result, death becomes the judgment of sin in your life. And when you choose to partake, and I hate partake, that sounds too religious. When you choose to just do these things, God's not condemning you, God's not judging you. It's already been judged. Sin will bring death into your life. It'll shorten the joy of your life. Let's keep on. I know this is not fun, but we're going to get through it, I promise you. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Point at somebody right now, be honest with them, and tell them, guess what? You got darkness. You know how I know you got darkness? Because you got a flesh. You have a flesh that loves to just follow and run after its own desires and its own thoughts, its own whims, its own ways. And Paul says, I've got to choose to buffet, beat that thing up every day and say, no, you're not going to cost me my eternity, which is secure with God and in Jesus. You're not going to cost me a short life. It gets better, I promise you. And I love this. It says here, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. But verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. In these evil days, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when it says be filled with the Holy Spirit, here's what it simply means. Be filled with the very breath of God. And when you're allowing the breath of God to be your dominating and controlling factor of who you are, and hopefully at the end of this series we'll talk about how to be led by this, but when you allow God's very... The things that please Him, the things that the desires that help Him be the choice maker in your life, I wonder if there's some other choices that we'll be willing to make that are different than the ones we're making. 
But I cannot do that without giving you a purpose to do that with. And if I just make it about you, you will never make all the right choice. You may make it occasionally, but you'll never make it consistently. But if I help you make it about other people, you, every one of you, most every one of you raised your hand this morning and said that my life was made different or changed because of another individual in my life. And there's a world out there that he's really kind of passionate about, that he's wanting purpose and change to happen in their life. Now, I get it. Some of you are in that place of walking freedom out right now. you got to get free. You had so much going on behind you that it's all you can do to be breathing in Coastal Family Church this morning. This don't even compute with you because you still got to get free. But let us get you free. But the moment you get free, can we move to the next level? Go to Colossians and we'll check that out real quick and we'll get ready to shut this down. I didn't stay on it long, so you're doing good. Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 1. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, that there's life and death at stake, where Christ sits in the place to honor God's right hand. Go down to verse 5. All right, everybody take a deep breath. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing, not a little bit of this, a little bit of that, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now the time is to get rid of anger, rage, and you want me to keep on, you're getting it. Yeah, about three people said keep going. That was real good. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time, now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, and malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other anymore. You stripped off this old sinful nature. Put on this new nature. Jump down to chapter, verse 12. Since God chose you to be holy people, he loves you. You must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness. Love well. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one another who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must do that for others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. Verse 17, whatever you do or say, here it is, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You know what I like about that? I like the fact that he gave me the choice. He doesn't make me do anything now. In this covenant that I live in, you are not made or dictated by a law except for the one law, the law of love. I'm challenging you to take this law of love beyond yourself and understand how much your individual life is so important to the person sitting right and to the left of you. Your gift is needed in this church. Your gift is needed on the outer banks. Who you are is important to God. Yes, but let me tell you something. It's because he's thinking about a bigger purpose. And when I look into Romans, if you want to go there with me, go to Romans chapter 12. We'll get ready to shut this down over in this chapter. Romans chapter 12. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. 
the kind he will, that he <clears throat> will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What am I saying? I'm simply saying, are we willing, based upon two things? One, I give account to God. That should be enough, but it's not. Because we can't see him, he's not around, he's not sitting next to me. It's like, he, it's like we think he's just not there, I guess. Except when we need him. Are we willing, because of the person sitting to the right or to the left of me, that I could cause to stumble or fall? With the simple things that we make religious, am I willing to even give attention to those things that might be religious? Just asking myself the question, is this going to hurt somebody? Will I be willing to make a difference in somebody else's life? Now, I'm not asking you to walk out of here and, and to be like living in a glass house. No, I want you to be free with your own convictions. But where your convictions are getting challenged is where you're not adhering to those convictions. You're allowing those convictions to be convictions, but you're not doing anything with them. And that's just as much sin as the person that doesn't know God. Those convictions are there for a reason. Where else would they come from? They've come because of a new nature that's on the inside of you. That new nature is the God nature. And that new nature is driving you to change what's best for you and to move to a place where, you know what? It ain't all about fun anymore. And I hate to say that because then people want to say Christianity is boring. My life is not boring. My life is very fulfilled. I'll tell you how fulfilling it is. I got a letter last night because we chose to take a chance on somebody that would not, anybody else was not willing to take a chance on. Just one person, one individual invested life in me, my family, my kids invested in this one person. And I'm laying on the bed yesterday, I dealt with some physical things myself all day yesterday. And I'm telling you, man, I'm laying on the bed and all of a sudden I read this letter and I'm like, that's it, that's it. That's why we do what we do. This individual graduated, and six months ago, they did not believe that that person was going to graduate because of the world had them trapped and wrapped. But because someone was willing to love beyond them and see them farther than they are, someone that was willing to kind of put these on just a little bit and look a little bit closer and be willing to invest in their life a little bit more, that person, I'm not saying they're perfect. This is never about perfection. Matter of fact, tell somebody, you definitely aren't perfect. This is not about perfection. What this is about, am I willing to make a tough choice? Am I willing to make a tough choice sitting at a wedding? Am I willing to make a tough choice out there in my workplace? Am I willing to make a tough choice when I'm wanting to flip that person off because they just cut me off on the road? Am I willing to make a tough choice when I am sitting at a dinner table and a beer doesn't bother me, but it could bother somebody else? This is not about drinking or not drinking. This is about the person to the right and to the left of you. And I hate to tell you, I wish I could tell you differently, but you're going to be around people the rest of your life. You, you, you're, going to be around, you're going to get to heaven and you're going to be around people. And for those people that don't want to raise their hand, you don't want to shout and jump, you're really going to be irritated in heaven. It's going to be the first flesh thing. Hopefully, well, I think flesh will be over with up there. But if there is still some flesh in heaven, it's going to be this one thing. The people are going to be irritated. Won't they just tone that down? It's too loud up here. 
Jeff, it's ridiculous what people are using to determine their walk and how they want to act and how they want to react. And it's the very things that bring freedom into people's life. Are you willing to make a tough choice today because it affects someone else tomorrow? I just don't know if you are. I want to come to this place where we can come through the truth and let the truth be our standard, how we raise ourselves up. And when we're faced with those tough choices, oh, heaven's calling right now. Because <laughs> I'm right. I'm right to challenge you beyond yourself. If I don't, you'll be unfulfilled because you will get tired of you eventually and by the time you get tired of you eventually everybody else is already tired of you (laughs) are you willing to decide are you willing to think about the person that I could cause to stumble or fall based upon the actions that I'm taking and how I'm living I can't answer that for you I'm hoping that now, when we walk out here on the Outer Banks in this world that we live in, before I'm gossiping, I think it's the, to me, to be honest with you, gossip is, is almost as right there in the same level as fornication and adultery. We hurt people, we destroy people with our words because of somebody else said. And Jesus looked at the woman caught in the act five times the one she's living with was not even her husband and he looked at her and he said is there anybody here judging you no and he dealt with the sin but then he says he dealt with it even stronger he says now go sin no more are you willing to decide based upon what's best for someone else stand up with me this morning Proverbs chapter 4 25 through 27 reads this way look straight ahead Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out straight paths for your feet. Stay on a safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Remember this. Our decisions always affect someone else. Always shape someone else's life. I'm going to leave you with this question, and I'm going to get off this pulpit. What one thing, if changed in your life, would make the biggest difference in my life or someone else's today? Only you can answer that. The right direction tomorrow starts with the right decision today.